Hello, my beautiful souls. My name is Sasha. I'm an astrologer and mentor and founder of Shine From Within Project. The mission of this project is to elevate awareness and help people live happy and inspiring lives. And today I have a very precious guest. Hi, Sean. Hello. Thank you for joining me. My pleasure. And as much as I would like to introduce you, I would like you to introduce yourself. So tell us, who are you? Well, that's a big question, right? That's, I think, the question we come to yoga and, and spirituality to try to answer. But in practical terms, uh, my name is Sean, Sean Goldberg. I grew up in Australia and I studied physiotherapy until 2004 was when I graduated physiotherapy. And then I went to Thailand in 2005 to try to find myself a little bit and ended up living there for about five or six years studying yoga in a tantric tradition as well as experiencing meditation retreats. Um, so I got kind of hooked and addicted to meditation retreats and then um, I found a lot of people injuring themselves in yoga so I managed to put these two worlds together and, and started to teach on yoga trainings how to not injure yourself from doing a yoga practice and then eventually in 2016 living in Bali here I opened my own school and in a nutshell I guess that's why I am. <laughs> and the school's name is Samasti and yes. I'm a proud <laughs> alumni, uh -huh. is it the right word? Exactly. Yes, so I had experienced this training mm -hmm. and maybe later on I can even give you my feedback about yes, it. Very good. And pretty much you answered my first question mm. because the first question was um, how did you decide that you want to run yoga teacher training? Mm. So what was that? So like... Yeah, well I started off actually teaching for other people because um, I saw in the school that I studied that people were injuring themselves from the practice and there was a lack of this meeting of the western mind with the eastern traditions uh, where the eastern traditions tend to be more feeling oriented and the western mind is more scientifically materialistically oriented and there was not an overlap and i saw a gap so i tried to fill that gap for other people um, but then i saw that a lot of the schools that i was teaching for were doing it for business and they were calling it yoga but just looking at it as a lucrative way to make money and I thought I could do this better with more authenticity and so I started my school in 2016 and yeah we have done pretty well but COVID kind of gave us a little bump in the road and now we're getting back to normal slowly slowly oh you are back to normal so yeah <laughs> <We are>. don't <laughs> underestimate it yes, yes exactly so yeah that, that's how I ended up uh, but then I became very less obsessed with the physical aspects of the yoga and how do we implement that into our life um, how do I bring those teachings off the mat into my interactions and I think for us the leading principle was always authenticity to try to have that continuous continuous nature between your personal life your relationships your family life and your work life I think they, they should all be reflections of the same thing so this was the thing that fascinated me most how do we bring it into our life yeah I I can relate what you're talking about mm. I like totally agree and could you just like really maybe like specify what is yoga teacher training about mm. what it consists of mm. and maybe even bring like your idea like what is it for you because mm. 
um, obviously I've met a lot of people who experienced like who were trying to become mm -hmm. a yoga teacher who like had a training it's like here like every second person probably mm -hmm. <laughs> had been at yoga teacher training and what I realized that many people they just think that yoga teacher training is something that you come and for one month you have mm -hmm. I don't know like three practices a day mm -hmm. and some people they literally had such experience it was like a yoga boot camp mm -hmm. and I was like mm, mm -hmm. wait guys yeah. <laughs> I kind of feel that you, you missed a lot so yeah. could you just give some clarity mm -hmm. like what yoga teacher training is about mm -hmm. what is in there yeah I, I think you hit, you hit the nail on the head. Some people come thinking it's just a physical practice and if I get more flexible, then now I can be a yoga teacher. If I can do the splits, then I'm a yoga teacher. And I think, I think especially this format, already it's, it's, it's pretty tough. Think, what can you do for one month that suddenly you're a teacher of, you know? And when we look back, what we thought we could do is give someone an experience and the taste of what they're looking for. And the more that we can root into that experience of the self, the more people could teach from a place of experience rather than just borrowed knowledge. And just because you did a course doesn't make you a teacher. So I think it, it meets people where they're, they're at. If you've been practicing yoga for 20 years, maybe you just need a piece of paper and say, okay, now you're a teacher. You mm. already had all the information. Um, but if you've just been practicing for one year, which sometimes is the case, then what we can give you is a taste of yoga. And from there, that can instill inspire you to go study more but for us at Samasti the reason we didn't do trainings online is by having you for one month and we live together and we have the friction of each other and the opportunities to learn exactly I'm it's having a, goosebumps <laughs> yeah it's a very beautiful beautiful time it's challenging and it's tiring so a big part of what we do is we try to exhaust you because this need to pretend takes energy and effort, you know, to make your family happy, society happy, your friends happy, to fulfill these ideas of what people think you need to be in order to be loved, takes effort. And what we're trying to move is you don't have to pretend in order to be loved, like who are you at the depth of your being? And then from that place, reconnect to that place of authenticity of who you are and probably forgot who you are, because you spend a whole life pretending, then from that place, you can go out and share. The, the true gifts of your being as opposed to someone told you that this is what it should look like and this is how it should be you know so I look at it as a process of removal as opposed to addition you don't need to become more than you are you just need to reconnect with who you are so for me that that's the process of this month because realistically I, I kind of start my anatomy lecture is like this I expect you to remember five percent maybe of what I teach you you know it's like a pretty low bar to start but um, yeah from here you understand how much you don't know which is good and that will inspire you to go on and keep studying because it's a lifelong study and then eventually connect to what is true for you and share that rather than share what I look like or how I teach find what your flavor is yeah, that's so powerful. Like, I'm mm. constantly having goosebumps yeah. and it like, really resonates with like what I do believe and what I share. I kind of have an analogy for that. Mm. It's like creating a sculpture. Mm -hmm. You take a piece of marble and then you cut off 
pieces yeah. and like slowly slowly you shape it the mm -hmm. way you want mm -hmm. and yeah i really love the part when you're saying that it's not about like adding extra it's mm -hmm. actually like removing removing mm -hmm. like removing these pieces of marble until you actually see that like oh wait yeah this is it yes this is me yeah and then revealing revealing yourself yes yeah. yes mm -hmm. so like yeah this is um like such a deep meaning for like yoga teacher training and yeah mm -hmm. it is like i don't know you probably need to rename it somehow because <laughs> yeah. it's not like yoga teacher training it's like reinventing yourself or something like that and but at the same time because many people they actually do have very vague understanding of what yoga is mm. and if you could just give some like clear definition something mm -hmm. like short and like Precise. Yeah, precise, straight on mm. point. Yeah. Well, I think I think the issue is with yoga that many people think it's a physical practice, right? Very often. Yeah. And I would say that yoga is about expanding consciousness, right? So we start with the physical body. This is where my body is in space. This is what I'm feeling inside. We can become more associated with sensations and then the emotions, then the thought patterns. So we start to become more aware of those things that were previously unconscious. And by increasing consciousness, then we can reveal how expansive our consciousness really is, rather than just this limited consciousness that's identified with the senses. Mm -hmm. There is a depth that is unfathomable. So this expansion of consciousness, I would say, is the to reveal what is true, is for me maybe the best definition I can come up with now. Oh, that's a very beautiful definition. Mm. Mm. I may ask as well because some people may not understand what is this like expansion of consciousness. Mm. Like, why do you even want to have it? Mm. Like, why do you want to achieve it? Like, mm. go for it. Mm -hmm. I would say that the 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 limitation of consciousness basically imprisons us to certain patterns and behaviors where we get stuck moving in the same way. And life might start to feel monotonous and boring and predictable and that you're asleep. It's because, for example, if you're driving to work, you can learn how to drive to work. You have to remember the way. But once you find the way, you can no longer pay attention and you don't even remember how you got to work. So that whole moment of your life never existed because you're up in some other place and not connected to reality. So as we expand our consciousness, we'll be able to become more present and actually feel connected to life and feel that we're participating in life rather than watching. Yeah, feel alive. Exactly. And when we tend to think and be distracted and be up in our head, there is no flavor. You know, life becomes very dull and we, we pass through this life and we don't get to experience it. We're here. But we're not here. Yes, yes, that's so true. It's like in the previous episode, like it was just my podcast about toxic relationship. I was talking that we kind of want to feel alive, mm -hmm. but many people, they don't know how to do that. And they mm -hmm. go for intensity. So that's why some extreme sports or mm -hmm. toxic relationships, something what makes you feel. Yeah. While in reality, yeah. you can actually feel it. And it's like so simple. Mm -hmm. Just with the breath or yeah, looking at a beautiful sunset and just appreciation and gratitude and ideally we would have gratitude all the time but we end up complaining and getting identified with our limited self and that disconnects us from life so mm -hmm. this expansion of consciousness is reconnecting with life itself now there's all beautiful sanskrit way names we can put to all of this but if we just 
simplify it to mean this is this is it something great connecting to something greater than yourself which is the what meaning of yoga is right it's not just this limited individual self in this physical body with its sensations and and beliefs and ideas but there's a whole world outside of yourself that you can connect to yeah i love it mm. oh, i love this definition mm. Thank you. i would say um it is authentic mm. mm -hmm. yeah yeah and beautiful it's, one it's a journey right um, we can we can touch it in moments, and you can have this access, and you fall back asleep, and then someone comes and shakes you, and wakes you <laughs> up, and you know it's a constant it's a constant practice. It's not like we just get there and we're done. Yeah, it's never like that. It's mm. always a process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Mm, thank God. Well, life would be pretty boring, though. <laughs> <laughs> and I would like to get back yes. again to yoga mm -hmm. teacher trainings mm -hmm. because. I do believe that many people are thinking about like, should I do it or shouldn't I do it? Mm -hmm. And as well, a lot of questions like how to choose. And nowadays mm -hmm. there are like so many of them mm. and like, yeah, you can do it online. So like, I actually would love you to yeah. speak up about online trainings because yeah. I really agree with your position mm. and I would like people to hear that. Mm. So like, yeah, how to actually find yeah find the one which would be worth it for mm -hmm. you yeah I, I would say that i there's a few things that i tried to learn from teaching for other schools which i wanted to make sure um we didn't fall into those pitfalls i would say look at the number of people in a training some trainings have 40 50 60 people uh, and in that way it's going to be very difficult to connect directly with the teacher like i think we need feedback on whether we're the practices and the things that we're doing is moving us towards our goals or away and that gets even harder when we do it online you know like if we just talk about triangle pose trikonasana like is your arm straight up is it a bit to the front is it to the back how do you find that adjustment within your body without getting that external feedback um so i think having direct access to the teachers in a in a in a smaller environment is really important because um, often that can get lost in a big group. Um, if you want your goals of doing yoga teach training is to teach, um, I would look at what chances you have of actually teaching in the training because maybe you'll only get to teach a 15 minute class and then when you leave, you're definitely not gonna be ready to go and teach a one hour class in the studio, if that's yeah, your goal. Yeah, that's true, right? that's so true. And so in our trainings, one of the things we do is Already in the first week, you'll teach sun salutations, and then in the second week, you will teach 10 or 15 minutes of a yoga class, and then already in the third week, you'll teach one hour of class, and then in the fourth week, you'll have another chance. Um, and that was something we decided really early on. It takes a lot more time uh, and effort on our behalf and the students' behalf, but people will leave ready to teach, especially if you've been practicing for five, ten years before, or whatever it might be. Like if you've just been practicing for one year, maybe you start teaching your friends and family. But if you've been practicing for five years, you could be ready to teach in a studio. Yeah, I just wanted to give, like, mm. remember the thought with what you want to continue. Yeah. I just wanted to give feedback about this experience of teaching people, like starting with small periods. Honestly, I remember how it was because like the first one you feel, 
you're freaking out yeah. you're like oh and it's just like 10 minutes and like and you know you've been practicing and like yeah i've, I've been like kind of like teaching my friends and stuff and everything and i remember just the like first 10 minutes mm. and you're freaking out and then like 15 minutes and you're like oh my god you're like you don't sleep like the, the night before because you're like <gasps> you feel like you're gonna be like on stage in front of like a gazillion of mm -hmm. people and it's so stressful but and honestly i think even the last practice so they were like four probably i think yeah mm -hmm. so like even even the last practice you still feel quite anxious yes. and you're like <laughs> i remember like i was so tense because i need to remember everything <laughs> i literally uh -huh. felt that like i was at exam <laughs> like uh -huh. like someone is like judging me while in reality nobody was judging me mm -hmm like not at all but because i went through all these emotions during the training and i had support mm -hmm. and like yeah and i have seen other people doing it so i don't know i would say like the biggest part is this emotional release along the way in a supportive environment yeah. this is very important because like yeah if you haven't gone through it then after finishing your training you could just like <laughs> i don't know like you could reach out to many studios or whatever but then you come there and i don't know like, freak yeah, out. yeah you yeah. freak out you have mm -hmm. like what is like brain melt or whatever yeah. so you're like oh my yeah. god how i'm gonna do that mm -hmm. so like yeah this is one of the like most valuable things about samasti yeah <laughs> yoga to training but one of the clues for that would be the length of the training like i've seen some trainings you can do in two weeks or three weeks and it's not possible. It's not possible for everybody to get time with the teacher to have that possibility of teaching and getting feedback on your teaching so that you can improve and helping with your sequencing and all of this. You need time. And already a month is is a little, you know? I know. <laughs> I know. I was like so squeezed. Exactly. It's a very intense month and, you know, but I don't know how you could do it any other way. And so this, this, is, this is one thing. Look at the amounts of time. Look at do you have how many opportunities do you have to teach a full class you should at least have one opportunity to full fully teach one hour class in front of your peers with the teacher's feedback um, and how many students i think all of those things combined give you give you some possibility and the other aspect is looking at the experience of your teachers because i've i've had people come ask to teach on my training that did their teacher training a year ago and have been practicing yoga for two years now there are people that are business oriented and there's not many block blockades in the way to stop you from opening your yoga school. You might be very good and flashy at marketing, but it's a business and they're not really aligned with what they're teaching, with what those things can go together. Um, so I look at the experience of the teachers and, and how long they've been doing it and what their, what their history is. And I really encourage you to have a, people to have a conversation with the person that's going to be around the training. You know, you want to feel an affinity and association with them that feels right you know um yeah yeah one of the things i want to tell about sean mm. he always has a call mm -hmm. with a person so you can't actually be in the training mm -hmm. until sean saw you yeah. <laughs> in zoom or whatever and had a good chat with you yeah and actually, do you say no to people i actually just said yesterday no to there was a, a young woman she was in her early 20s and she said, oh, I want to come with four or five of my friends. Bali sounds lovely. And I was like, ding, ding, ding. Okay, we have, we have some problem probably here. 
she was using the word retreat and I said, okay, we need to have a call. And she's like, okay, can I book? And I said, no, just, <laughs> just wait one second, you know, and uh, we talked for like 20 minutes and I understood she was finishing university. She wanted a holiday in Bali. She wanted a nice experience. And I said, this is, you should look for a nice yoga retreat where you go and chill out and relax. You've got time to go to the beach and we take this very seriously. And this is probably not the training for you. So if I was a businesswoman or man, you know, I would just put a, a box and say, pay now, but that's not possible. And this is not yoga as yeah. well. Yeah. Because yoga, it's also about being honest about who you are, what you do mm -hmm. and what you share. And yeah, this is also a clue. Mm -hmm. Like if person is doing anything that you buy, just mm -hmm. like, oh, whatever, this is a pro. Okay, yes, retreat, yes. yes whatever you want, like, yes. Yeah. If you hear this yes all the time, like along the way, and mm -hmm. it's like person is like pushing you. So maybe it's the moment for you to question it a little bit. Yeah. And look, there are some trainings that are more about having a good time and having a nice time in bali and having a nice experience and that that's also okay it's just be sure that that's what you want right or if you want to come to find out more about who you are to get in contact with these things that are a bit deeper that take a bit of work and, and effort it's another type of training right so i i teach on trainings that are a bit more about enjoyment and i kind of slot my little two cents in if i can you know give some hints but uh, you know people have different moments on their their journey and for me this is this is the moment that i'm most interested in yeah yeah yeah. i think here would be perfect this meme it's like where there's like two pictures women is like what i thought a spiritual uh, growth is and she's yeah. like oh beautifully sitting and meditating and, why it's and what <laughs> yeah and what it actually is it's a lot of crying it's a lot of crying like yes. releasing releasing and releasing yeah. i don't know like probably if you go to your like proper yoga teacher training then well uh, there would be up. like mm -hmm. the, the most crying you've ever done in your life mm -hmm. generally the way we kind of joke that the tissues are included <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that is so true yeah yeah but yeah and you know i think i think this this idea of movement towards authenticity and what what's the most direct way to get there right and i we kind of use this aspect of teaching for example to challenge you like how are you with with expectations and and people judging you and looking at you and performing in front of your peers how do you deal with all of that you know and that's how we we take all of this theoretical knowledge and now let's do something with it. So I kind of feel that the training goes in two directions. One is the practical application of how do I teach? And, but I kind of use that as a tool to, to dig, to try to find out the gold inside, right? And give a space for that to be expressed without feeling judged. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And then as well, like, especially nowadays, people mm -hmm. are so disconnected. Mm -hmm. And here, like for one month, you have to be with people yeah. and people will see what you're going through. So mm. it's like unavoidable to be vulnerable, but at the same time, it's so precious that mm -hmm. you know that you like really start understanding that it is okay mm -hmm. being vulnerable and still feeling good. Yeah. And even if you're not happy, people might still love you. Yeah. 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 It's so, like nobody cares and cares at the same time. Yes. So like nobody and yeah, nobody's judging, nobody's mm -hmm. like pointing at you, but at the same time they just come and hug you. Mm -hmm. 
and that's it and you're like oh it was always available <laughs> yes i didn't have to perform to get this but that, and then you bring up the other point one of you know everyone's a little different but the way that we structured it, it my life would be much easier if i didn't structure it this way but uh we house everybody and we feed everybody so people are not having to go out and run about I want them to let go of the external world so that they can create new habits and new patterns and new rituals for themselves. Um, and so by putting us in a bubble, yes, it separates us from the world and there's a longer process of integration as you leave the bubble. But in that way, you can recreate yourself every day and like, who am I? Rather than who am I expected to be? And not have the pressure of, where am I gonna eat? What am I gonna eat? Trying to rush back to the venue and try and do things. Um, like I have to deal with people's dietary requirements and living requirements you know some people come to bali and are scared of geckos for example yeah (laughs) this happens happens. so but i i chose to take that on because i feel like that gives them less distractions and more ability to really focus on what they came for so it's worth thinking about that in terms of what you're looking for if you're looking for a yoga teacher training of of what you're looking for maybe you want to be in the middle of chaos and be able to go and party here in bali there's many opportunities and some trainings advertise that fact but for us it's more of an internalization of okay let's focus on what we came here to do afterwards you can go on a holiday that's my yeah so it's a transformational journey Mm -hmm. exactly it's not marketing it's true (laughs) <laughs> yeah and um, i still want to hear the point about online trainings mm, yeah well so what's wrong with them <laughs> yeah look you can you can you can do an online training and you probably press the button to watch the video at two times or one and a half or whatever and maybe you're doing it while you're cooking dinner and your kid is shouting at you or you have all of these pressures so you're kind of half focusing uh and i just find that most people don't finish them either mm. they start the course and probably 20 or 30 percent actually finish the course and that's the question, interesting the question is how do you get feedback about what um what you've learned like when i have the people sitting in front of me it's it's very different i can see how they're paying attention and how they're acting with each other and then we can use those as tools for growth but if you're just popping on a screen you know like there is a possibility to give over information but I'm sure you listening to this podcast is having a very different conversation somehow than we are having, you know, that there is a feeling that here is that is connected. And thank God we have this medium. And I think it's nice that we can get some information online. It's beautiful. But to learn to be a teacher, it's like now you are responsible for imparting some information. And if you didn't quite get that transmission over online, then it's going to be watered down and that's going to be watered down and that's going to be watered down. And I think we are starting to see, I'm starting to get students that did their online training during during the pandemic and now are coming back and saying, I didn't get anything. I need, I want to go deeper. And then coming and doing a second level one because mm. they didn't get what they look, what they, they came looking for on the online course. So I think slowly but surely that model is going to be seen for what it is. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, probably I would say it's about experience because mm-hmm. like, yeah, you can receive knowledges, but knowledge is nothing if you don't know how to apply it mm-hmm. and how you can know how to apply it if nobody is giving, like, giving you feedback, directing you in this. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, and this is only possible in person. Yeah, 
I found that also with people just doing yoga classes online. Like sometimes people just discovered yoga during the pandemic while they were stuck at home and only did online yoga classes. And when we see their practice as opposed, even if they both done the same amount of yoga for one year every day, but one did it online and one did it in person with a teacher guiding them, their practices are, are different. There's not, it's not, it's not, it, it, there is a transmission, but it's not complete, I would say. This is my personal experience. I would agree, like feedback is essential. Mm. And yeah. it becomes very hard online, especially if it's in a recorded video where there's not even a, so there's online courses where it's just everything's recorded and you're just watching somebody talk or at least where your online presence is required. But even if it's like, even if it's online and person gives you clues like how to move, yeah. well, what if you never moved your body is this way and you yeah. just like, you don't understand. Like, yeah. While in reality, person can come and kind of like... Adjust you. Yeah, adjust. Like, yeah, no gently, adjust gently, but yeah, There's no adjustments in online training. Like, how are you going to learn how to adjust online? Like, that part of yoga teaching is is out. But just today, I'm, I'm teaching on training at the moment and just trying to give feedback on how to breathe into the different areas. I can't do that through my voice. I'm putting my hands on the body. I'm, I'm giving cues physically. Uh, learning how to breathe in that situation is difficult enough. I, I can't imagine trying to do that in an online course. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's so, so fundamental, right? Just breathing. It's not even moving yet, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, I just really wanted people to hear this. That, mm. like, yeah, if you really want to have experience, it needs to be in person. Yeah. Yeah. And I've always said you need a living teacher. You know, traditionally, yoga was always... There is some kind of transmission that happens face to face. And like I said, there is something that can occur uh, over over these online mediums and I'm very grateful that we have these possibilities to communicate but something something is lost in the essence this is my feeling yeah yeah I agree I never did an online training so well <laughs> okay part, so you know? this is the thing that like yeah okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe like one day you will decide and you will like Check. okay huh. yeah so for, ne for now you know Maybe I'll go one day do a yoga teacher training and see what it's like to receive one online. But I know that the few things that I have received online, I probably did it while I was distracted, doing something else and have that playing in the background or whatever it might be. You know, not fully attentive, you know, or maybe watching the video with my phone on the side, checking, you know, social media. Yeah, 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 yeah. When you are not um, in an isolated environment, there is always something to distract you. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. true. Yeah. But okay, next mm. questions. Mm -hmm. um, so um, first one is gonna be, can you fail yoga teacher training? And the second one is from your experience, what would be the average percentage of people who actually continue mm. their journey and like really like they came, they wanted to become a yoga teacher. Mm -hmm. So how many of those literally became and like continued and like built their schools or whatever? Mm. I would say I, we actually did a poll a couple of years ago to just to check in and see. I was curious how many of you are teaching. Uh, about 50% are teaching, but that doesn't mean that they're full-time teaching. Like they mm -hmm. might be doing once a week and they have their profession and they teach on the side. I would say like they devote themselves fully. I would say like 20, 25% mm. would be like... I think it's a good percentage. Yeah, this is my life. This is what I want to do. And how do I deepen into that? Um, but... 
yeah i would say but like we had a we had a student that she was practicing for about four years before she then did our course and decided she wanted to stay in bali and burnt one of our teachers here who has a yoga studio he one of his teachers called in sick so she finished her course three days before he said you've got an hour to prepare and she left the course and taught a class that day you know like three days later but straight out of the course and was ready to teach in front of people and getting paid so i think that possibility is there but i find that there's like about a 50 percent mix of people who are coming to the course and my my experience is that the com commonality is a moment of change like i don't like how my life is going or some chapter has ended and now i want to start a new chapter and that new chapter might be i don't like my job and now i want to become a yoga teacher or I've had a bad relationship and I want to solve, why do I keep having bad relationships? How do I come back to what's important in me? So we get those two that maybe they haven't liked their life before and they think that becoming a yoga teacher is the answer. And sometimes they find out, no, there is so much beauty and other things that I can enjoy through this training. So they find that yoga teaching is not the thing that they wanted, but maybe music was. And then on the other hand, that people came to find out who they were and then discovered that they love teaching yoga. But it equals out to be about 50-50 at the end, you know, of people. They, they enjoy the process so much of this journey, giving, having the opportunity to teach, and they leave thinking, I want to teach, you know. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of opportunity to, to go out and teach. I think it's a, a big need that we have in society at the moment, whether it be teaching your colleagues at, at your job or kids in the school, or going and having this traditional working studio or whatever it might be. What I would like to highlight here is that, again, many people, they think that if they go to yoga teacher training, mm. so it means that they need to be very dedicated to the idea that they're going to teach after. Mm -hmm. But in reality, yeah, okay, yeah, maybe some yoga teacher trainings, they are like really focused on that, like, yeah, okay, you like, you become a teacher, this is your certification and stuff, mm -hmm. but what you are offering it's actually a journey of self-discovery mm -hmm. and like sense. yes yoga is a huge tool for that mm -hmm. so like whenever you're thinking to do it or not mm -hmm. if you feel confused then like yeah yoga teacher training may not make a yoga teacher out of you yeah but will definitely help you to figure out what do you want exactly. in your life yeah yeah, and we, you know, one of my students once said, you know, this training is just teaching us how to be a human. You know, we look at how do you breathe, how do you eat, how do you sleep, how do you walk, how, you walk, <laughs> how do you move, how do you stretch, how do you communicate, how do you deal with emotions. You know, like it's really getting down to those fundamental things and using the tools of both Western psychology and, and therapy. Most the way that we do it is mostly coming from Jungian kind of. Uh, background of this psychotherapy and we mix that with the tools of yoga and awareness of who are you really once we deconstruct those layers and um, yeah this is how we get to where we <laughs> where we are but um, it's a beautiful for me this one month process is the thing I enjoy the most it um, has the most potential for change Okay, can you give um, an example or maybe a couple of examples mm. of transformation? Mm -hmm. Maybe, I don't know, like something from your 
last training mm. so that people could kind of have a sense of like because when we say transformation you're like okay transformation but what does that mean what is it yeah so what to expect of course like every story is going to be different but like examples mm. well from the last training it was just a month ago so uh the the repercussions are still occurring but we had a lady she was a lady she had her kids she spent her life taking care of everybody else's needs in her family and she came from quite a religious christian background where there was a lot of guilt and shame and she was kind of doing yoga secretly because uh, she couldn't wow. she couldn't um, tell her community because they You're thought right. it was the devil that she was worshiping and what that was a reflection of that she had never really lived a day in her life for herself um, it was always about helping everybody else and providing to everybody else and over the month she started to recognize that this felt her leaving uh, she was leaving to try to get everybody else's love and appreciation um, and she was paying for that by not living a life that had any meaning to her and she was having to hide everything and it's been a difficult transformation to shift from this but she's now told her family that she's doing yoga she's now teaching yoga in utah in a very um religious town um, her, her parents have actually accepted that this is you know there was a lot of fight but she spent one month seeing that she could live a life for herself because every morning she woke up and it was only her that she needed to take care of instead of everybody else and she saw that people around her would still love her whether she was taking even mm. if she's not taking care of them um but yeah it has been a journey of challenges and and facing facing fears but just having this reinforcement that the more that we are authentic the more our relationships become authentic and for her this was a really big a big change a big shift and her family has responded positively to it not with rejection which is what she feared so uh, this is just a little yeah this is so night. inspiring and very often actually mm -hmm. yeah we do think that like okay if i will open up people mm -hmm. will reject me mm -hmm. but in reality yeah it's very often when we open up people actually accept it like okay yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's literally like okay yes it's like please be who you are and they appreciate it more no it's like they feel there's like passion and authenticity and giving from a true place rather than a place of exchange or whatever it might be so the thing that i find amazing really is the diversity of the groups that come together and at the end the friendship and possibility of love for people that you just wouldn't normally associate with probably yeah probably. never meet in your life mm -hmm. yeah and then you come out friends and, and and yeah intimacy with these strangers right and sometimes we're sharing things that maybe your family and friends don't even know because you feel safe and not judged and i feel like this is a possibility that we all have and it's a very beautiful experience to have in our life of like i'm just showing up as i am and parts that i normally would hide i'm exposing and seeing that it's it's okay you know we can be loved for that and just to witness this month after month i feel very very privileged and just to be reminded of it yeah yeah so this is the kind of this is an example i guess of a this is a beautiful example mm. i really mm. love it mm. yeah i'm thinking of uh, yeah and these th these things stay present in in my life like i said i just i feel very privileged to to see this you know um
I would say that in general, the, the, the tool for the transformation is responsibility. Like, this is my life, and there's no one to blame, there's no one, yeah, even if it be astrological, it's still, I have the possibilities in my life to, to oh, make shifts in the astrological. I would say people don't have something exactly because they are in child's position, mm -hmm. when they're not responsible. So yeah, when they come and ask for something, I'm like, hey, wait, <laughs> first yes. of all, mm -hmm. yeah, you, you need to become a responsible adult. Yes. That's where we start. Yeah. So like, yeah. It's a, big, it's a big step. It's a big step to take this feeling of responsibility in our lives. It can feel kind of scary because we don't have anyone to blame but ourselves. But then from but there then we as have well, the it's like you're kind of like fully in control. Mm -hmm. then we have because the then it then it's all up to you. Exactly. You're not sitting waiting for a handout from mommy and daddy. Yeah. yeah. I have one more question mm -hmm. related to yoga teacher trainings mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. stuff. And then I would like to ask you some more of a personal experience questions sure. but uh, this one i still want to ask or like i would like you to talk about it mm -hmm. uh, it's like yeah you touched this topic already that people they start running their yoga teacher trainings mm. so they were practicing for a little while and they were like oh my god i love it so much mm. this is my passion this is what i want to do I want to start this business mm -hmm. so um, i don't know if you have some piece of advice or something how to understand that mm -hmm. actually you are capable that you are not like harming people that mm -hmm. you are i don't know like experienced enough or like when is this point when you kind of because like definitely there would be a point that you're like okay well actually yes Alrighty. yes mm -hmm. because some people they are meant for it yes. so how to find it how to sense it so mm -hmm. this is the moment this is for me yeah look it's always going to be a little scary and challenging i i would say that the start would be assisting on trainings um like in our school we have the possibility of coming to assist and and be exposed again and then working for somebody else you know having somebody else having that bigger uh, vision that you can trust that when you're faced with challenges within the group that you have someone that you can um confide in and get advice from mm -hmm. and by learning through experience it's the same for me working as a physiotherapist right let's separate that from yoga for a second first i would watch people be physiotherapists while i was at university and i would train by experiencing and assisting and eventually i would have my own patients working for somebody else and then in the clinic i, I would run up into problems that i hadn't seen before didn't know how to deal with and i had uh, somebody to help me on how to to deal with those things and through exposure at some point it'll just feel natural that i, I can do this and i've dealt with enough ex instances and personality types and issues to know how to do this without having to have somebody to hold my hand you know um and that, that's kind of how it happened for me it was a natural progression it wasn't that i did my training and went okay now i want to make money and i'm going to run yoga teacher trainings you know and i think if money is the is the driving factor whether it be about running yoga trainings or your work i think if the the reason you're doing that is just to make money then it's probably not the right thing you know oh yeah. it's a path to frustration <laughs> yeah yeah we we happily can make money i've got no problem with making money but that shouldn't be the the yeah, yeah, if the money Driving is factor. like, yeah, if the only motivation, then the moment you wouldn't make enough money yeah. will make you hate all these people. Exactly. 
and it, this is this is the thing um so your motivation is really you know and this comes back to this authenticity are you wanting to run yoga teacher training so that you can be sitting on at the front of the class and everybody listening to what you're telling them to do and you feel respected so this is why you're doing it or is it driving for financial reasons or like looking at the motivation and making sure that you're walking the walk because life will come and give you a slack check pretty quickly. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. If if you're not if there's not consistency there. Especially when you're starting to work with spirituality. Um, so yeah. And I really love I really love your answer that like you need you need to go and experience mm -hmm. it. Because many people think of oh it's easy mm -hmm. and then you get a group of people who you really like can't put together because mm -hmm. like yeah you can you can say right so sometimes people are hard mm -hmm. and when there are more than one yeah. in the group so then it's a mess and you are the person who is responsible for all of that mm -hmm. and it seems like an easy business yeah. while in reality you have to handle many people going through very intensive processes yeah touching wounds with all their projections and ideas and uh, expectations and uh, like I've definitely been pushed but if I wasn't centered uh, it can just all unravel you know very very quickly so yeah it's like be sure you're ready to deal with other people's shadows and to be able to be ready to deal with that you better have done some work with your shadow you know it's yeah like, yeah not just because you read you can you, you're a scholar you know you need to be a practitioner um, yeah yeah important. and yeah the point is like yeah it's not that you're just like transferring knowledges yeah you're literally dealing with people <laughs> yes exactly and uh, yeah and i think that that's why some people might prefer to run trainings where it's a bit more of a chill vibe and let's go surfing and let's go climb the mountain in the morning and do this and that or let's deal with all of these things inside of us and, and go to work you know there's two two ways we can approach this right but yeah or many ways but these are two examples yes yeah we're all are different and we're all are looking for different things mm -hmm. but well yeah why you're here because i really love your perspective mm. and i want people to know about it i appreciate it thank you so mm. anxious, moment. Yes, exactly. <laughs> anxious moment uh yeah like usually i kind of from the beginning saying like okay so in uh -huh. your chart you're like rising this and like oh you're rising areas mm -hmm. am i uh, yeah uh -huh. i mean like from my perspective uh -huh. like yes. uh, if we're looking at professional programs so then it shows rising areas mm -hmm. and but then you have your moon mm -hmm. in capricorn mm -hmm. in 10th house like a house of career so you're that kind of person who kind of like you decided what you want to do uh -huh. And you just do it. nothing can stop you uh -huh. and like yeah you know i'm kind of jealous like there is only one zodiac sign i'm jealous about oh. it's capricorns uh -huh. it's like presence of capricorn in personality okay because capricorns you know like even if you look at the image of the sign mm -hmm. it's a goat mm -hmm. with a tail of fish oh i didn't know that mm -hmm. yeah uh so it's kind of like what's that represent so it's like unstoppable unstoppable person so when mm. it needs it's like run as a goat on earth when it needs it's like swims as a fish wow and i was like yeah so capricorns and like they literally just like slowly slowly but they keep 
going, but mm -hmm. keep going, but keep going. And I'm Some like, people call it stubborn. <laughs> yeah, but like I have zero of that in me. Uh -huh. And like every time, like this is the only, the only thing I'm jealous about uh, that people have yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, it can be a problem as well. I'm stubborn. Uh, Right. Well, everything everything has two sides, so yeah. like yeah, it can be played differently. But if we're talking about as well, it's like moon is in the tenth house, so where the moon is, our mind goes. Mm -hmm. So the so the mind goes into actually like building some career, mm -hmm. and then it's a Capricorn there, so it's mm -hmm. kind of I would say very nice like play together. Mm, interesting. So like, yeah, so focus there, persistence there. And it's like, yeah, mm -hmm. so Capricorns are not that people who, you know, like come and win like immediately. Mm -hmm. Usually they just like, you know, like Stay coming there. and coming and every year it's like expanding, expanding mm -hmm. and like growing, growing. So like that. Like, I can relate and with the, most things I do. Surfing, exercise, friendships. And as well, they are usually, they're not the front man. Mm, yeah. They're kind of like ruling from the side uh -huh. <laughs> so, yeah yeah so i like to be quiet on the side it's true yeah it's a bit tricky uh, when you have your own school but <laughs> yeah but at the same it's like time this. it's still like yeah this persistence mm -hmm. but yeah as you said like it has some side effects and even with um areas and this capricorn and then also while well, there is presence of libra in you mm -hmm. and there is a extra position so all these things like many things mm. they are touching a topic of ego in mm. your chart and stubbornness as well it's like where stubbornness come from mm -hmm. <laughs> so um i would like you to talk a little bit about your experience with pride mm -hmm. and ego because um well from what i see in chart this definitely was mm. like a life lesson for you mm -hmm. which you had to go through and Mm -hmm. Probably, okay, not probably, obviously, yoga, knowledges, experience, mm -hmm. like all that helped you. Mm -hmm. But let's talk about pride. Mm -hmm. Like, how was it in your life? Like, how you realized that you are an egoistic mm -hmm. person mm -hmm. and like maybe yeah. some advices on how to deal with that? I think uh, for me, probably pride comes up most in relationships, right? Um, that's probably the easiest place for me to see it. Um, but everything is relationship, business is relationship, yeah. it's like everywhere, it's like, but okay, you want to go but for it, a romantic relationship, I, I so think, like, yeah. it's, it's the clearest where that work comes up. Go this way, please. And, mm -hmm. um, and it's about being right all the time, you know, and there's something within that being right. Um, and I think when I was younger, there was like a, an obsession towards knowledge reading books and having more information so that I could always say that I was right, you know? And someone said to me once, you know, would you rather be right in relationship or happy? Mm. And sometimes it's this, uh, this choice that uh, at some point I learned this needing to be right all the time is actually causing a lot of suffering for both myself and my partner, right? Um, and sometimes, sometimes having to let go of that and then seeing the, the love that can expand from letting go of this uh, is very humbling. And so, sometimes it is just like trying to push push my way with my force and with my with my pride and not being able to. It's just like, okay, I have to let go of this and just accept how how it is. Um, I would say probably one of the biggest challenges was over over COVID. Just I think most people um, 
had some experience of challenge in, in his time um, and just it not being able to be on my terms and in my way and just having to let go of this um, at my rhythm and at my pace and in my direction. And I found that the more I can soften with what is rather than how I want it to be, um, the more life flows. I don't know if that answers your question, but it's like... It does, it does. Yeah, it's actually very good for presentation. That's like, yeah, when you want to be always right, when you want to be in control, mm -hmm. and then life shows you that actually, hey, you're not the biggest guy here. Mm -hmm. There are like bigger things which you can't control. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and it hits hard. Yeah. And there is always a choice. You want to struggle or you want to do something about it. Mm -hmm. And I would like you to actually give some tips, maybe like some maybe clear like some practice or like some exercise or whatever like mm. when life hits you mm. and you understand like okay so when life hits your ego mm -hmm. it's usually very painful mm -hmm. so people are like <clears throat> yeah how how yeah so what to do in such moments mm. like um what would you recommend like something like for the person who is experiencing tough moment with ego. Mm -hmm. um, look, I think I think one of the ways that we can escape that pain is through complaining and blaming others for our situation. Like we said before, self responsibility is often a very painful lesson. But at the end of it, you wake up from this dream that you're a victim. You know. Um, so I think when we catch ourselves complaining and blaming others for our situation, it's a, a pretty good clue that you think you have no faults, you know, and that can be a reminder. Okay, how did I contribute to this situation? How did I co-create this? It doesn't free others from their responsibility in, the, in those interactions, but we can now do something about our part in it at the very least. Um, and so just having this, this knowledge or this little clue that if, if we're blaming others for our unhappiness or our situation, um, then we're missing something. And that's often rooted in pride and selfishness. Uh, so already that creates a little bit of space with that sensation. So that would be one little marker. In, first, we have to see that we're in the dark mm -hmm. to even think to put on the light, you know? So yeah. This is the clue that we're in the darkness. Okay, now look for the light switch. Uh, and then the light switch, I would say, is then being able to sit and be with our emotions and sensations that are coming up, as opposed to trying to do something about them and get rid of them, you know? Often people come to yoga thinking that they can get rid of feeling sadness or anger or whatever, or not feeling good enough. But I would say that the, the situation is more about coming in connection with the feeling and sensation in the body, uh, not projecting ideas about whether they're good or bad or what they mean or stories or whatever, just feeling that, that, okay, instead of, oh, what is that feeling and sensation and becoming curious? And I would say that from that, we can, we can start to listen to the body and those things don't have to be stored inside of us and keep attacking us and visiting us over and over again so that we can finally have some freedom of the fear of them so that they can come like every other feeling and emotion and then they they go and i would say that that's become my my overarching strategy or or 
methodology and how to deal with difficult feelings and emotions. It's like no knowledge is going to free us of it. We can get temporary relief by painting a nicer picture or telling ourselves some fairy tale or whatever it might be, but at some point, nothing inside of here should scare us, you know, that we know that we can be present for all of those feelings is where the freedom will come. But, um, yeah. I really love how you put it. It's like to be free of fear mm. of experiencing intense emotions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it does give like such a huge opportunity to mm -hmm. live happily. Because mm -hmm. yeah. like, yeah, I mean, you're like, okay, well, there could be emotions, mm -hmm. any kind of emotions, mm -hmm. but they will be gone after a while. Yeah. Nothing stayed forever. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then you're like, okay, well, let's just do it. <laughs> yeah. Let's just live this life. Yeah. I kind of, you know, I kind of talk about it like, I don't know if you had this experience, but when I was a little kid, sometimes I'd be scared that there was a monster under the bed, you know? And well, there is a monster corporation cartoon. <laughs> or behind the curtains or in the cupboards or yeah. Or yeah. Or the cartoon. Right. But at some point, you know, you could either lie there in bed being freaked out by this monster that's there, or at some point you could just finally look at and see, okay, there's no monster, I can go to sleep, you know, and you can relax. And often that's the thing is that that emotion is like that monster that you're petrified of and you felt it at some point and you're like, I never want to see that monster again, it was so scary. But you were probably three when you last actually sat there with that feeling. And as a three-year-old, it was a big monster and now you see it's just a little hamster or yeah yeah true know. well actually um i was just like right now thinking like did i have like um i don't think that i had like such kind of fears mm. but this story mm. brought me to the question mm. which is probably quite personal i hope you're not gonna kill me for asking <laughs> it but could you talk a little bit about one of your biggest fears mm. fear of Death. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. you know. because yes, yeah. yes, I, I do know, and I would say, mm -hmm. like, yeah, it is probably like a little bit personal thing, but at mm -hmm. the same time, many people have it, mm -hmm. and like for some people, it's just like something vague. But mm -hmm. I know that for you, especially early, it was like mm -hmm. very Fundamental. like literal sensation, like strong something strong what you felt. So mm -hmm. could you tell us about this? Yeah, I think I think from very young, from the age of two or three, I was just petrified that I'm going to die and when I say was I, I would still say I am I think that that's the thing that kind of dro drove me on the spiritual path was like what is this that we're alive and that it will end and it, every once in a while it comes and takes over my system you know it's like in these maybe moments of deep silence or stillness or um, darkness that or even sometimes in moments of joy that this is all temporary and it will end you know it can come and sabotage it um, and I think that for me, just, I've understood that there's so much that happens on us as a planetary level, but also in my personal life, um, as a distraction from this fear, you know, I was listening to a story from the Mahabharata the other day, and it's about one of the, the older brothers and he goes to, um, this lake and he encounters this serpent and there's all of these, um, riddles that the serpent asked the older brother and the final riddle for him to free his family is what is what is the greatest marvel of the human 
being. And the answer that Yudhishthira comes with is says that they're all going to die and they live a life thinking that it will never happen to them. Mm. This is uh, incredible. Oh, this resonates like with what I've been talking to mm -hmm. people lately so mm -hmm. much. People live like they think they are immortal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because we don't want to look at this thing. Because if we really looked, we would all be running around screaming. And for me, this was what I couldn't understand as a little... Yeah, my parents didn't know how to deal with it. You know, crying as a three-year-old saying, Mom, I'm going to die. You know, she says, don't worry, everyone's going to die. I'm like, that doesn't fucking help. <laughs> Sorry, my language. Like, and no worries, everything is allowed. Yeah, as a child, this was uh, not not helpful, and I and you know this in itself created some issues that nobody could help me. You know, it was like I have to take care of myself because mm. no one can save this. And it's a, you know, I think I drove myself towards spirituality to try to answer this question, understand this question, and how to not have to feel this fear. And on the deepest level, at some point, we have to accept this. You know, and I don't feel I've solved this riddle by any means, but um, but if more you would it. have a three-year-old mm -hmm. asking you this mm -hmm. question, what would you tell this kid? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, I still don't know the answer to this question, but I think at some I don't know how I would explain it to a three-year-old, but how I've come to some peace with it is. Um, that there is the physical body will will die but the one that you are will never die now i've had experiences of that of this shift in moments where it's so clear that this is just a physical body and it will dissolve but most of the time my consciousness is identified with this physical body and the one that identifies with this physical body is petrified because this physical body this incarnation this being of sean will disappear will never exist again you know the depth of who i am will continue just as when we go to sleep we continue sean disappears and i might be a monkey or a, a woman in my dream and sean no longer exists and i don't need to mourn about that fact but now while i'm in this physical body having this particular dream the realization that this dream will end is a terrifying one you know but the salvation is that there is an aspect of the soul that will continue. And who is that soul? Yeah. How do you identify with that being that you are that is beyond the physical, the mental, the emotional? What is it that continues after this life ends? Yeah, this is so deep. And mm. so to this, I can look strongly mm. relate because for me, this was pretty much like the main answer, mm. like even though it wasn't the question, but when I kind of like discovered and felt that like, yeah, okay, well, yeah, this is just an avatar. Mm -hmm. Like <laughs> I would say it in a less uh, spiritual way. So it's like playing a computer game. Mm -hmm. You got this avatar, so you play with it. Mm -hmm. But who is actually playing? playing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because like I do, and actually very often I do feel like a little bit disconnected mm -hmm. that it's like yeah it's even like looking this is Strange. like like in the movies i'm like yeah okay well this is this is the physical body it is changing mm -hmm. yeah and like mm -hmm. but at the same time i'm like yeah and this is not fully me i can't say that it's not me yeah it is like 
my avatar at the moment it's mm -hmm. part of me but it's not the only existence yeah and the understanding that something deep what you can't like fully comprehend mm -hmm. that it is this part is immortal yes it kind of gives this sense of freedom i would say yeah yeah and there's like this deep part inside of our soul that can relax into that but there is still a mind there is still an attachment to the body and and those parts that don't feel as yet come to harmonize completely you know there is still when i really look at it it's um it's very painful and you know i i i think that i don't i don't actually i don't think anybody is free from this fear maybe those that are enlightened you know that they're I, really identified i don't know but it. it's like um well we relate to different fears because mm -hmm. for example i had moments like on the airplane mm -hmm. when it's like shaking like mm -hmm. turbulence or something and it is scary mm -hmm. and it's like i don't know lights are blinking and stuff and like i was sitting there and i was like is this the end mm -hmm. because it, it could be mm -hmm. and honestly like i never felt scared in that moment mm -hmm. i was more just like curious what's gonna happen yeah yeah i've so, had this in dreams which is interesting you know these i don't know if you've died in your dreams no only falling yeah i've had experiences where okay i'm in a car crash and I'm, this is gonna happen i'm gonna die and there's always just like okay you know there's always this which thank god it's not a terrifying thing and i hope that this will be how i transition it'll be okay this is happening you know but uh, like we said the fear is often worse than the actual experience yes exactly yeah, yeah. exactly the fear yeah yeah, yeah when you look at it it's a hamster <laughs> yeah exactly exactly yeah very interesting and i would like to do one more thing mm -hmm. because with all this restless mind and like all these questions in your life mm. well yeah obviously you had to find the way and you're mm -hmm. also like in the course you are the one who is teaching meditation mm -hmm. and many people they struggle with their fears with their mind mm -hmm. which is like doesn't give them a break mm -hmm. so could you just very simply mm -hmm. give an example of a meditation that mm -hmm. everyone can just go and do now or like whenever you need it mm -hmm. some some simple technique mm -hmm. well i've got a couple of thoughts one is which I can just tell you and then there's another one where we could practice but the most simple thing I would say is just take one minute of silence before you do anything mm. before you wake up before you, after you wake up before you have a meal before you go to sleep before you start a podcast whatever it might be is you just close your eyes you don't need to do anything and I think everybody can just be present for one minute take a deep breath in through the nose and out through the mouth like this sighing letting go kind of sensation and then just be quiet for a minute not having to do anything not no technique not having to focus on anything just be here be now simple and i think that's long, but it's hard yeah it <laughs> many people would find it hard they would say like tell me i need to focus on tell me i need to calm something yeah. tell me i need to <laughs> yeah and it's like yeah just for one minute do nothing yeah and this, that... this is hard but one minute one but minute exactly it's only one minute instead of being 15. and i would say that just the the remembering to do that and it doesn't actually have to be a minute it can be 15 seconds or it can be one breath but it's just this call to go okay i'm being so focused on doing 
that I'm just going to be for a minute, you know? There's no goal, no idea of what I should achieve, or it's just simply, ah, I don't have to do anything. I can just be here. Everything is perfect as it is. And what a gift to have that repetitively through our day. You know, do that three or four times a day. Everybody can find a minute and there's no excuse. Um, so I think that this is such a powerful but simple thing that is accessible to people that have no spirituality in their life. You can talk about it coming back to the parasympathetic nervous system and relaxing and whatever, or you can talk about it reconnecting to your essence and your soul and, and to this, this aspect of pure presence as opposed to doing. Um, I would say that that's probably the simplest and e most easily um, transferable tool. Is that an answer? It is. Yeah, it or is. It is. No. To do a practice. Mm? Or you're saying to do a practice? No, 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 no. Actually, I really love it. So mm. the more you were talking about it, I was actually thinking that like, yeah, it is so simple, but it is extremely powerful because mm -hmm. I can relate when uh, yoga came into my life. Mm. I wasn't at a good place. Mm -hmm and my mind was constantly running mm -hmm. and like one of the first benefits from yoga what i realized like i was analyzing mm. it was that i was coming to a studio mm -hmm. and for one hour i was allowing myself not to think about anything mm -hmm. and i was like okay no matter how hard my life no matter like what problems i need to solve i have this one hour mm -hmm when I choose not to think and well it's not that I was choosing because mm -hmm. like in the beginning when you're not familiar with movements it's like all your focus is in your body because yeah. it's hard it's it shaking yeah. it's like uh -huh. yeah it's stretching it's painful and uh -huh. like yeah it's just like uh, it's impossible to think about something and later I was like right like for one hour I struggle in the class but mm. this struggle kind of like takes my attention from all these other struggles mm -hmm. it's true and then i literally i started like keeping this like attitude like specific attitude that okay this is my hour mm -hmm. and i'm not gonna think about mm -hmm. anything mm -hmm. i don't care nothing else exists mm -hmm. and like with this attitude like okay this is my one minute but like i own this minute and for this minute yeah i'm not gonna think about any problems yes yeah. And it's such a satisfying feeling. Yeah. And it gives you a freedom in that moment. It's just like some spaciousness in your day of like this thing and that thing and that thing and that thing. It's like this thing. Just here. And yeah. And the more you come to it, the more intimate you'll become with this space. And the quicker it'll click, if that yeah. makes sense. You're like replugging into the socket, you know? Yes, yes. Yeah. It's nicer if you could spend longer, but this one minute, there's no excuses. That's the beauty of it. Yeah, yeah, true. And actually, yeah, really be present because probably you are at some nice place. Mm -hmm. There's exactly. something nice around you, so you can just like, hmm. Yeah. Life is it, not that bad. <laughs> I use it with my between patients, right? So I have mm. my patient come in, we're dealing with all their problems and their life story, and sometimes it's quite heavy. <sighs> okay, come back to me, come back to my body, my feelings, my presence and then i can take that energy into the next interaction or engagement and it's just very simple very powerful and uh, accessible yes yes i really love it i really love it super valuable great <laughs> <laughs> thank you no, thank you thanks for having me and thanks for this opportunity to talk yeah i enjoy. truly enjoy thank you yes.
<laughs> Great. Mm. <laughs>